Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, just before Christmas, OpenAI publicly released ChatGPT amid a furore of excitement about the capabilities of this new chatbot. Could ChatGPT change traditional writing-based professions beyond recognition, or is this the start of robots taking over? My final guest, Dr. Paul Cuff from UCD, joins us now to discuss the facts and the myths about this new chatbot. Paul, before we get to ChatGPT, provide us with an insight into your own background. Hi Carl, great to be on here this morning. Sure, so I'm an assistant professor at the moment here in University College Dublin. I'm lecturing in the School of Electrical and Electronic Engineering. So this is where I did my PhD as well, um, and my undergraduate, so I'm a UCD man through and through. Uh, and my, my core area is in analysing electrical power systems, um, so that can be looking at the actual volts and amps on the network itself. But lately I'm interested in things like you know, strange new financing techniques that get used in the electricity sector, things like data visualisation techniques uh, to understand what's happening in a power system, and any of those sort of more disruptive extensions to the traditional way that we operated our power system. Just before Christmas, ChatGPT went on mainstream release by OpenAI, and there has been huge interest in it since then. But when did it first come on your own radar? Well, so let's say I had an inkling of it going back to around 2021, when there was the big launch of GPT-3, which was this what's called a large language model, and it was released by OpenAI. Um, so that came out, and that's when I started seeing in the internet communities I'm in, uh, people posting examples of what you can do with, with GPT-3. Um, so there was a, tr- a steady trickle of those through 2021 and 2022. Um, ChatGPT emerged, I think it was just the beginning of December 2022, uh, when it went for public release. So it meant that you didn't have to use you know, any clever programming or anything difficult to interact with. You just sign up. And, and jump in, and it's, it's a chat bot. So you just you type in your questions or your queries or your prompts, and by the arcane black magic, it comes back with some text for you. So suddenly that meant it just spread like wildfire. I, I couldn't move on Twitter without seeing screenshots of what people were cooking up with ChatGPT since the beginning of December 2022. And Paul, why are people so excited by it? Because it's an outrageous, bizarre, uncanny alien technology which has just dropped. Like I say, you know, when these were research technologies and you'd see the research papers, you're always wondering, you know, does a researcher have their thumb on the scale? Are they cherry picking? Are they showing the most impressive results? When you can dive in and play with it yourself, that's when your jaw hits the floor. Like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a, a chat bot. So you type in text and it comes back with text. So you could say to it, uh, can you summarize for me trends in global warming since 1900? Or you could say, write me a menu for a vegan pizzeria, and I want there to be five dishes, and I want it to have a quirky modern feel. Whatever you ask for, it comes back with something. And what it comes back with so often is uncanny and unbelievable and bizarre and strange, the depth of knowledge that it seems to have. Paul, provide us with an insight into the company behind ChatGPT, which is called OpenAI, and how they're going to commercialise this. Well, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, the business models, well, to some degree, they're, they're confidential and they're, um, they're debated about. And OpenAI, uh, you know, Open is, is in the name, so they, they do have this kind of mission of trying to do AI research in a, in a socially aware and safe way and being open about what they're doing. Um, so 
you know, in some ways they feel a little bit more like a research lab than a Silicon Valley tech company, or maybe they're somewhere in between. And certainly Sam Altman, who's their CEO, is, you know, really, really one of the people to watch in the world at the moment. Um, but in terms of commercial uses for this, one of the big ones, a kind of obvious one would be traditional search engines. So that's, that's a technology that, that everyone uses dozens and dozens of times every day. You type some text into a box and you're hoping to get back a, a good answer. Um, there's lots of examples, let's say with ChatGPT, where people, engineers and programmers and technology people like myself, you know, we're often Googling um, you know, how to solve errors we get. If we're trying to write some computer programs in Python or in MATLAB or something, you hit an error, you type into Google, and you'll get back some various results that may or may not be a good answer. With ChatGPT, you can just ask it the question, and it's like this kind sage. You can copy in your, your little snippet of code, and it will, it will tell you line by line what is or isn't working. You know, it will debug it for you. So you're not just finding a web page. It's as though the totality of every web page that ever existed about programming has somehow been distilled into this knowledge, which JotGPT can actually surface for you. So for anything kind of information discovery, uh, it just seems poised to be staggeringly disruptive. And, you know, Google has ruled search for a long time. And this is the first time now where it seems that there's a new technology coming that could bring in a whole new paradigm. Is it really a threat to Google search? Well, look, you know, predicting the future is hard, okay? Um, it, it is and it isn't, okay? It, it's a different technology. That's something I'd really like to emphasize. A search engine, whether that's Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo, you know, they are pointing, they're signposting you towards resources on the internet, you know, that, that, that have an authority or that somebody stands over. A large language model is an, is an utterly different thing. It, it's something that has digested a huge amount of text up to a particular date, so it's not live, so, for instance, ChatGPT, its training data ended in the middle of 2022, I think. It had a sort of a cutoff, and it was trained up to that point. So it has no real-time awareness. It has no eyes on the real world. But equally, what it gives you back isn't, isn't a signpost towards a, a website. It gives you its own fresh, new, generated content to sort of directly answer your question. So it's, it's a different technology, but there's some, some kind of relationship. And certainly for, for questions about things like computer programming, it is already, it has already superseded the traditional search engines and is already disruptive in that industry. Business Banners being a business program, it would be amiss of me not to ask the question, where are the business opportunities behind chat GPT for entrepreneurs? Well, Carl, where aren't the business opportunities? I, I mean, I really do wish to emphasize the uncanny thing is that it's, it can not only generate high-quality English text, it can do so in a variety of different registers. So it can write a formal letter, it can write a comedy skit, it can write some nice text for a LinkedIn post, uh, it could write you an outline for a radio program, for instance. And, and so it can follow those formats for text, and to, to populate the text, it has this implicit or embodied knowledge sort of somewhere deep inside of it. So people are using it for things like... Um, writing legal letters, you know, that you can actually prompt it to say things like, you know, I am in Ireland and, you know, my neighbor wants to put up an extension and it's going to block my light in my garden. You know, I want four paragraphs of legalistic type language that references relevant planning law about you know, why this would be bad, so I can complain. <laughs> um, and so, you know, who would have thought that, that you know, solicitors would be disrupted by technology. You know, that seems strange, but actually those kind of knowledge professions that are about writing and drawing on professional knowledge, 
you know, they are now susceptible to disruption. So, you know, that's just one example of where an entrepreneur could come in and shake up an industry with a totally different approach. From a user's perspective, talk us through how you actually use the chatbot. Well, so that's the great thing, Carl, and that's, that's what's the big shocker when this dropped in, in early December, uh, was how easy it is to use. So there was lots of similar technology, maybe not quite as advanced, that was out there, but you would need a little bit of programming know-how, and it would be a bit fiddly. So that was really for the experts. Uh, the, the big launch of ChatGPT was the mainstream debut of these large language models. So essentially, you, you sign up for an account with OpenAI. It takes two seconds. Uh, free, um, and and then you are presented with a web page, um, and it's it's just it's like it's like a Google search. There's a box, and you can type into it, and you can you can type what you like into it. You can type in, you know, write me a recipe for a bacon omelette, but I want the words of the recipe to follow the rhyming scheme of Mary had a little lamb, and you'll get back a weird parody song of Mary had a little lamb telling you how to make an omelette. It's just it's a box. And you type in what you want, and it comes back with some text. And it's, it's persistent. So whatever it comes back with, you can say, thank you, little boss, but I want that to be shorter or longer, or actually I'm a vegetarian, so let's skip the bacon. You know, so you are having this dialogue with it. Paul, you've outlined lots of benefits and features to chat GPT, but what are its restrictions? Well, so, okay, so that's where we do need to, to tamp down the hype, okay, um, in that uh, you know, I would challenge anyone, encourage anyone to, to, to give this a try, uh, because until you've done it yourself, you know, it, you, you shouldn't believe me or you won't believe me saying how impressive it is. So, but we do have to tamp down the hype in that it's not like Google points you towards websites. So if I ask Google, you know, where's an Italian restaurant in Dublin, it can point me towards a website. Um, that's not what ChatGPT does. It just comes back with text. Just raw text is all I get. I don't get links. I don't get news updates, I just get text, which is its attempt to please me, right? I've given it a prompt, and it's been trained to give the most pleasing or most appropriate response to that prompt. But sometimes it can hallucinate. You, you know, so, so I could ask it, you know, I could, I could type in a prompt to say, I'm trying to plan a very romantic honeymoon trip around Rome, and, you know, I'd like you to help me and select me some restaurants to, to go to. And it could say, oh, go to this trattoria on this avenue. And it will sound right, but maybe that trattoria doesn't actually exist. You know, it can hallucinate these facts that, that look right in context. You know, so the flow of the text is good. The kind of the fit and finish, the look and feel makes it look like you've gotten a really good answer. And, and sometimes you have, but other times it's just sort of interpolated. It's it just filled in some words to make it look right. So in my example of, of writing a legal letter about your neighbor's extension, you know, it could imagine that there was a planning act from 1975 that never actually existed. You know, now it might, but it would, because it's good at playing language, uh, you know, it, it would have the right sort of title. It would, it would sound like it was a real piece of legislation, but could be just completely imaginary. You know, and, and if you were to Google it, you would find nothing because it is just a, a figment, an artifact that it bubbled up. And so this is one of the big problems in that, it's credible a lot of the time, and often it, it is un uncannily correct. You know, you ask it about some little niche technical question that you know about, and you get back a surprisingly correct answer. You know, but outside of that, you might get back a correct-looking answer, which is actually completely wrong. So that is a serious limitation of this technology. As an academic, are you concerned at all that ChatGPT may be used to generate college assignments that are conceivably written and will not be detected by existing plagiarism tools 
such as turn it in? I'm beyond concerned. I mean, this to me was, you know, I'm a professional academic. I work in a university. Now, I'm in engineering. We, we don't use essays as much. Um, but as soon as ChatGPT dropped, um, you know, I'd, I'd see colleagues, you know, on Twitter or whatever that would be putting in standard exam questions from economics, from history, from the humanities, take-home essay questions. And some of these people would be skeptics, you know, or, or didn't want the machine to work. And, and they'd, they'd, they'd copy in their, their essay question and click go and get back eight good paragraphs. And I don't know what the consensus is. It, it's not doing A-plus work, Carl, but it's, it's maybe in the Cs. Uh, and you just go in the blink of an eye. You know, for a lot of humanity degrees where, where an, a huge chunk of the assessment is essays, in the blink of an eye, you say, oh, that assessment is now obsolete because you mentioned turn it in. Existing plagiarism detection tools, that's all they do. They detect plagiarism. Have you copied text from somewhere? Google can point you towards pre-existing text. What ChatGPT does, it, it generates you brand new, fresh text on the fly to your specifications. That's its whole purpose. That's, its, that's its, what it's uniquely good at. Um, so, so whatever it generates will be different every time. There's nothing to compare it against. Um, so I don't know what, what the solution to that is other than saying, okay, we're going to put you back in an exam hall and you're going to write out your answers longhand because any sort of take-home essay now is just so susceptible to this kind of cheating. It's in, in the blink of an eye, the whole sector has been turned upside down. Paul, you gave lots of examples of how chat GPT is going to disrupt industries. I'm seeing lots online myself about how marketing is going to change as a result of chat GPT. But what other sectors do you see lots of disruption coming about through this particular chatbot? So I would just say that any sector that involves someone expressing their expertise in written form uh, is susceptible to it. So that could be, like you say, marketing. So people who do um, digital marketing, you know, people who, who make social media campaigns, who write copy for advertising, people who make nice uh, posts for people to put on Twitter, anything like that. Like I say with ChatGPT, you could say, I want a marketing campaign for, did I mention a vegan pizzeria earlier? So I could say, I could, I could disrupt the chef by getting ChatGPT to, to write me the menu for my pizzeria. I've done that. It's fun. Then I could say, now write me a, a social media post to announce the launch of my pizzeria. And I'll get back my social media post. And I can say, now write me a letter to send to the bank because I want to get a loan for a new pizza oven. And it will write that. So any of these consulting or professional support type services are, are open to disruption. And finally, Paul, as its functionalities are refined and enhanced, what do you think the future holds for chat GPT? Okay, so one of the things I'd like to mention on this is, you know, the, the, I had a lot of fun in 2022. Uh, in the middle of 2022, I was playing with the image generation uh, artificial intelligence systems. So they're similar to ChatGPT. Um, I'd be talking here about tools like Midjourney or DALI or Stable Diffusion. Um, they got very big maybe from around May 2022. And the way they work is you type in um, some text saying what you want, and you get back an image. So they map your, your textual request becomes an image. Um, and they're mind-blown in their own way, okay? You can say, I want an anime-style cartoon drawing of a steampunk wizard, you know, flying to space, and, and sure enough, it will come up with that. Um, so that was the first half of 2022. Then ChatGPT was a text-to-text. Um, and, you know, both of them, as technologies became mainstream, became super powerful in 2022. Looking 
to 2023, um, it's the next step is, is the rumored GPT-4. Um, so, so the history here is we had GPT-2 a few years ago was very powerful. Then GPT-3 was a very significant step up. Um, and people thought the technology was going to plateau. Okay? For theoretical reasons, they felt that you were going to get diminishing returns going down this particular technological road. That was the big shock, that you got a decent step up from 2 to 3 by throwing more computational resources at it. The rumors are swirling. We're looking forward to a chat GPT-4 release quite soon. Um, they said Q1 2023 is when it's expected. Um, and the rumors are that that represents a similar step up as the step from 2 to 3. We're going to get another step up from 3 to 4. Chat GPT is maybe 3.5 as far as anyone can tell. The rumors about what GPT-4 can do are that it's, a, it's multimodal. So instead of text, to text or text to image. I could input an image and get back text, or I could go from image to image or video to text or text to video. So, you know, the rumors are things like that, that you could request a video, describe it in words, and somehow you'd get back a, a video. So, you know, the, the capabilities of such a Pandora's box, you know, are, are truly mind-blowing. But again, it's rumors, it's hype, it's speculation. But but the, the recent track record of OpenAI and the industry more generally has been staggeringly impressive. So, you know, what can we do except, you know, anxiously and eagerly await what's coming next? Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Dr. Paul Cuff from UCD. And we will certainly be hearing a lot more about ChatGPT in 2023. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.